So as mentioned, we're thrilled to have Monster involved and have Noah Lee here. And I mean, if you're ever at a show like CES, which is only a hundred times as big as this, everybody's trying to meet with him, but we're lucky enough to have him here. And I've heard he's even going to be down at the Monster booth after this at four meeting with folks. So we are thrilled to have you here and we're going to play a video and then bring him on up. In the past few decades, no one has influenced the world of music more than Noel Lee, the founder of Monster Cable. After graduating from Cal Poly College in 1971, he was passionate about music and a man with a vision. He dreamed of revolutionizing the field of music reproduction with the help of high-performance audio cables. Untiringly, he conducted research with the goal of providing music lovers pure, unadulterated listening pleasure that was true to the original music. With this in mind, Noah Lee began developing cables of unrivaled quality. In 1979, his work came to fruition, and he founded his company, Monster Cable, and began manufacturing the world's first high-performance speaker cables. Monster, a synonym for strength and dominance, revolutionized the music market and marked the beginning of a success story that few other companies in the audio industry could match. From humble beginnings in his garage in San Francisco came a product that is now indispensable to recording studios, production companies, and live stage performances all over the globe. Every day, more than 600 employees at five locations on several continents develop products and patents that send shivers up the spine of millions of people around the world, day in and day out, delivering the thrill of high-quality audio and video signal reproduction. The range of products has grown from audio cables to include extensive iPod and iPhone accessories and high-definition in-ear speakers that enable people to experience first-class audio enjoyment wherever they go. Inspired by many superstars of music and sports like Lady Gaga, Stevie Wonder, and Lance Armstrong, Noah Lee and his monster company developed products and system solutions that are well-established in many facets of modern life. He has lived the American dream. He has made it his mission to never stop finding ways to create the perfect sound. His inventiveness, his achievement, have made the world of entertainment electronics a better place. like everybody's asleep. You're not asleep, are you? Hey, the best is yet to come. Come on, make some noise. Come on. Wake up. There you go. Hey, this is a session about music. This is fun. That's why we're here. And I know we got people from all kinds of professions, but I'm going to talk about hearing what you create. You know, what all the musicians out there, the, uh, the bands, and be able to hear it in a way that we've never been able to hear it before. And I'm going to say it's through the sound of headphones. I'm going to tell you that story. 
But first, I want to just say a little bit about Monster. Some of you know us, some of you don't. But we've always had a mantra. You know, we've been around for 35 years in the Bay Area, so we're not a startup. <laughs> but I feel like I'm starting up. Okay, every time I reinvent the business, it feels like we're starting up. We have a mantra, always lead and never follow. But, you know, we've always been about music and about sound. So, you know, throughout our 35 years, you know, we've done cable, we've done power, we've done things that bring the audience closer to the music. And, you know, we did things with musicians, with musical instrument cables, and people got better sound out of their instruments. You know, for audiophiles and engineers, you know, they got to hear more about what they've created. And we wanted to bring the listener closer to the music. That's our goal. We've been doing it for a long time. But in the quest of capturing the sound of live music, you know, we've been some ups and downs. And, you know, I've learned a couple of things. One is that you don't be in the music business to make money. You agree? <laughs> yeah, I hear some. You know, it's hard. It's a craft. It's an art. And those lucky few who really break through and can make a great living out of it, my hat's off to them. My hat's off to all of the musicians out there who, you know, work because of the passion of music. And I try to capture it, you know, because I'm a music listener. I'm also a musician. I'm an engineer. And my goal was to get me closer to the music. I want to be in front of the artists. You know, we had our little monster music label where I worked with some folks like Angeli, uh, George Benson, Three Doors Down, and Peter Sincati. And th those were really great times for me. And being able to work in the studio with some of my heroes and to be able to be in the studio with them it was phenomenal. Here's a session we did with Lee Rittenauer called Six String Theory. He had all kinds of guitarists on there. Here's Dave Grusin, you know, uh, Quincy Jones. Here's Slash in the old days, you know, and, uh, you know, he's still drugged out, don't worry. <laughs> My work with Stevie Wonder, George Benson, and uh, the infamous James Brown. I was on stage with him hearing that live music. Can you imagine? Ray Charles with an orchestra. During the rehearsals, I was on stage listening to not the live feed, I was listening to the instruments because I wanted to be up close. Okay, and here Ray sing, uh, sitting right next to me, was an emotional experience. Something that, you know, I wish more people could take part of. Well, my friend Carlos, very spiritual, earth, wind, and fire, some of my favorite people. We did the thing with Mary J. Blige, and of course my thing with Dr. Dre, and all the folks at Interscope and uh, with Gaga and uh, Jimmy Iovine, it was a phenomenal thing. From rock to jazz to hip-hop, and now with our relationship with Alicia Keys and uh, my friend Swizz Beats, we've been scanning you know, the music from acoustics to uh, EDM. But the goal, all of us, for whatever genre of music we listen to, is to really be close up to it. How do I hear more of the tonality? How do I hear more of the tonality of the instruments and the vocalists and what they're trying to convey? Because these are artists. They have a message. So we started with Beats by Dr. Dre because I said, you know, loudspeakers kind of go by the wayside. You know, engineers hear their craft through little small speakers. Or if you're a listener, you're listening through little wide earbuds. Do you get to hear all the music through little white earbuds? Tell me. Go like that if you say no. <laughs> okay, that's the right answer. Thanks. Through the last 10 years of the iPod, 
15 years of the iPod, all of this beautiful music that's changed so much in the way it's been created, and we hear it on little white earbuds. Most of our audience does. So i got to ask you a question. Do you hear everything that the artists and engineers wanted you to hear through those little white earbuds? No. So that's why we did Beats by Dr. Dre. I got bass, low-end bass that was never heard out of a headphone before. And we said, we revolutionized the uh, headphone industry. Anybody see uh, people walking around with a little bee on the side? Nod your head if you've seen that. Yeah. And if you haven't seen that, ask your kids. Have they seen that? They'll say yes. Okay, but this is great. Young people who've never heard it now get to hear it. So we are on our own now. We're doing our uh, own thing, and we've had the ability to do something really revolutionary. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, we call it the next. And this is one of our next products. It's called DNA. And here's what we're doing with the next. The next is something we call pure monster sound. And I say, this gives us even closer to the music. You know, if I was to equate hearing what the recording engineers and producers hear, I'm going to say a pure monster sound is like being on the other side of the glass, being in the studio, you know, having the musicians right in front of me, okay, where I can hear the breathing, I can hear the nuances that are lost in the music. And when you listen to the, to the Beatles remastered, you know, you hear things that you never heard before kind of transport you back. Music is magical to us. So what is Pure Monster Sound? First of all, it's more dynamics. Boom! I want to hear all of the dynamics. Transparency. You know, like cleaning a glass. You ever see a glass in a hotel where you walked into it? Boom! That's why they put the spot there. Oh my gosh. Because you want it to be clear, like cleaning your glasses for the first time. Articulation. Hearing the little nuances. High definition, inner detail, clarity, speed, tonality, and harmonics. Let me tell you a story. Here's how a sound is created on a recording. From the microphone that is in the studio or in a live performance to the headphone, which is the exact opposite of a microphone. The microphone gets pushed on and the headphone pushes on your ear. And everything else in between, the boards, the cables, the amplifiers, all that detracts from the sound. So here's what happens in regular headphones. A headphone is a very complicated thing. It's an electrical, mechanical, and acoustical device. The room is on your head. That's why it's so difficult to design a proper headphone. So most headphones, you know, when you do something really soft, sometimes you don't even hear it. So when you hear those brushes go, you know, can you hear all those little fine details? And most headphones don't get up to 100%. So when you go, boom, how much of 100% do I get? Well, I got to move the electrical energy. I got to move the speakers. I got to move the diaphragm. I got to move the voice coil. And then I got to move it in a space. So you never get the loudest sounds. So here's what I discovered with Pure Monster Sound, I want you guys to experience it, is the ability to hear all the sound. You know, get closer to 100% of boom, all the little details. We even measure it, and we're able to see, you know, on a square wave, how we've been able to capture this new technology for this new music. 
So what do you hear? When the violin bow draws across the strings, you hear the rosin. You hear the pick hitting the guitar strings. The snares on a snare drum, all of a sudden they're more defined. Tonality, naturalness of the vocals. You hear the vocals and piano, uh, like we had before, in a, a realism that you never heard before. The bite of the brass. Okay, the edginess. So when you hear it in real life, it goes, eh, you hear it. Percussion, dynamics, boom, do you hear it? And these other elements, recording uh, an orchestra, for example, the width of the soundstage, how wide it is, how deep it sounds, okay, and can you hear the imaging? Can you pinpoint the location? You close your eyes, and you'll be able to hear those things. I was at the uh, symphony, ran into an uh, Asian violin player. He says, Noel, would you like to see a $1 million violin? I says, $1 million? Yeah, yeah, show me. So he takes it out of the case. I don't want to hold it. You hold it. This is a Stradivarius. So I said, why is it a $1 million? Because the sound of a Stradivarius is unlike any other violin. And then I said, why? Because of the wood the harmonics, the varnish, all the kind of things that I do. And he says, boy, I hear all of these things on this violin. Well, we want to capture all of that. So today, it's everything from acoustics to EDM to mixing on a DJ console, you know, to all of the machines that we create on. Can you hear everything? And I wanted to do it loudspeakers too, and I think Vern's got uh, some of the new Clarity HD speakers that he's got for you to hear. But I want to bring to the music world, to all of you, a new type of listening so you can experience the music that's been created in a way that you've never heard before. And we got some of the monsters here. Monsters, raise your hand. Okay, so they got some of the headphones. If you like to, they can play some stuff for you so you can hear the things I've been talking about. And you can go down to our little room downstairs. So with that, I want to collaborate. Some of you in the music, let's get the word out. You know, this is our new endeavor, and we want to recreate ourselves once again. So, folks, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Noel, can you stay up and answer a couple of quick questions sure, for us, sure, please? Sure. Yeah, well, one of the great things, you know, that Brian does so well here is makes everyone accessible. So we just wanted to take a couple of minutes, and if you have a question to ask Noel, now's your chance. In the back of the room. Hold on a second. Sure, make me run on the first one. <laughs> Hi, great presentation. I just wanted to ask, your headphones sound like they have great audio for listening. Do they have any built-in mics for recording audio with a mobile device? Yeah, we got the thing you answer your phone with, and we're coming out with some mobile that you have a, a microphone. But really, if you're going to do recording and have it be reproduced in the way you want it, you know, I use a little Samson microphone that's uh, USB that works super well because the kind of microphone that you have, don't skimp on the microphone. Because that presence, the air, this room, if you want to hear it, you can't do it with a microphone that is uh, built into a headphone. But you can talk in your phone. Anyone else? Yes, Kevin. So with these um, headphones you're designing, can you hear the artifacts in compressed audio? And should we be moving to uncompressed? You know, that's an interesting thing. Because people say, you know, MP3 sound bad. You know, I go, okay, how do you know that? Listening through the earbuds? I don't think so. So it's kind of like 480p on a DVD. You know, that looked really great until you got the 720p with high definition. 
And that looked good until you got the 1080p. And now you got 4K coming on 8K. So it's higher and higher resolution. But if you never saw a DVD on a color TV, it would the same black and white. So yes, you can. And they get more noticed on a high-resolution headphone than not. But I'm going to say that there's a lot to an MP3, and you've not heard how great it sounds. Even a 256K, Master for iTunes, it sounds incredible. And all the stuff, all the demos that my guys are doing are with compressed files, MP3, you judge for yourself. After I have the high-definition set, after I have the high-definition headphone, then I'm able to look at uncompressed files. I can look at 96, I can uh, look at 194 files, uncompressed, and how good they sound. I can appreciate it then. But until I have something high resolution, forget about it. Can't even hear it. Hope that answers your question. I just wanted to add something to know uh, what he just said. The other thing is on our headphones, on our Bluetooth headphones, we have AAC and AptX, which are a much higher resolution codec uh, when you're doing wireless, and the performance is significantly better than standard SPC uh, MP3. And Tony's right. Yeah, everybody wants to go wireless. Well, wireless comes with a penalty, okay, that you, know, you, you don't get to hear all the sound because Bluetooth is compressed, but you're, uh, you'll be amazed at what we do with wireless. I don't know if we have a, one of our wireless sets here, but we wouldn't do wireless until it could sound as good as wired. Okay, and that, that was our objective. I have one question for you. Going back to actually the origin story, obviously in college was when you started working on this stuff, but what was that original insight? Where was that aha moment? Was there a particular album? Was there an experience? Was there a, a performance or a performer that just made you go, this is what's going to be my life? Oh, yeah. In, in my generation, you know, it was Sgt. Pepper, you know? It was the Beatles, you know? When you, when you hear that and you hear all those, yeah, there you go, you hear all those instruments and what they did with a three-channel recording, which is freaking amazing, you know, had all the albums and, the, you know, Through Time, Steely Dan and all, you know, th that's kind of my generation of music, you know? My son listens to Calvin Harrison, so, you know, Rihanna's okay too, you know, but I'll go back to the old stuff. But that's where the tonality comes in. Harmonics is one tone on top of another tone on top of another tone on top of another tone. So when you hit middle C on a piano, you can hit it on three different pianos and it'll sound the same. It won't sound the same on a Bosendorfer as it does on a Steinway as it does on a Baldwin. Why? Because of harmonics or the overtones. And that's what we lose. We lose that in digital, we lose that in compression, and we lose that in headphones. So you want to capture that richness. And when you hear it, it becomes relaxing. You know, you don't know what it is. You know, a lot of people say, I like my records better. You know, when you hear, you know, an old analog tape, it might be hissy, it might be noisy, it might be crackling, but you can sit back and say, gosh, I'm, I don't know what it is. In my, my brain, I feel more comfortable because I'm closer to, uh, to the richness of harmonics of real music. We're analog people. We're not digital. People, we don't hear in digital. We hear in analog. And when we hear in analog, we want it to be as close the source has to be as close to analog as we can possibly get. And that's hopefully what we bring to you. Time for one more question before we go ahead and let him go downstairs and start listing some product up, up here. How do you feel about like headphone amps? Do you need one to like get the most out of these headphones or what's your take on that? You know, my take on is I don't like any electronics, okay, because every bit of electronics, even a piece of wire you can hear. And so when I design these DNA headphones, 
They'll play so dynamic and so powerful. My goal is to do that with an iPod because that's what you're, everybody's listening to. So a headphone amplifier is kind of like a booster gauge, you know? So I, I put a little more zip in the, uh, uh, in the signal to give it a boost so my headphones can reproduce it. That's okay if you have headphones that can't reproduce it without a head amp, okay? But to me, you just added another layer in between the music. I don't like noise canceling. We make noise canceling headphones. Why? You got more electronics. Okay, those electronics interfere with the music. So if you want to hear it as clean as you possibly can, hear it straight through, hear something with high resolution, dynamics, clarity, and speed. Lightning speed, and that, the gentleman's listening there now. Articulation. And uh, once you hear these, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Awesome. Thank you so much, Noel. All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Michael's taken some great photos today. If anyone wants to check them out, at photo on Twitter. So I'm Chris Wilson. I work for Google. I'm a developer advocate on the Chrome web browser team. So obviously everybody's used web browsers. That's the platform that I work on. So I'm here to show some technology demos of a new API in HTML5. It's the Web Audio API, which really enables two main things. It's kind of precise playback, scheduled playback of audio. This is kind of like Core Audio or Wasapi on Windows, that kind of level of audio control. So it's a lot tighter than what we've ever had on the web platform before. And it also has kind of a routing pipeline and processing system that you don't have to be a DSP expert to, to use. I actually am not a DSP engineer, so if you told me I had to start by writing fast Fourier transform code, I would have found something else to do. So to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, I'm going to run through a few quick demos. This is a drum machine app that one of my coworkers built quite a while ago, actually, but it can... So the main reason why this is interesting is I can show, I can crank the tempo way, way up, and you can tell it still stays pretty tight, like there's not a lot of, of slack or anything. This is scheduled at a very, very high resolution. It's actually sample accurate for when it's placing these beats in this particular stream. So the key part here, though, is that this is all built into the web platform now. Like this is being programmed directly in JavaScript. There's no flash, there's no plugin running here. This is all native code inside the web platform. I talked about effects before. There's filtering effects. In fact, if I play that same drum machine, I can like mess with the filters and change volume and gain and stuff like that. But we have filtering, we have delay effects, compression, convolution, like reverb effects, wave shaping, distortion type effects, and a bunch of stuff for gaming too, including positioning and Doppler effects and that sort of stuff. Now, most musical effects, on the other hand, are a little more complex than that. They're not just a delay or something like that. They, they combine multiple things. The cool thing about the Web Audio API, though, is that all of the parameters in it, so delay rate, for example, delay time, it can actually take an audio rate signal input. It's a whole lot like using control voltage inputs. Like, you can run an audio rate input into some control voltage things and have it change the pitch of an active voice. This is the same kind of thing. Like you set up these nodes and you plug audio rate control signals in and you can do all kinds of interesting things. Now, when I first looked at this about a year ago, I said, well, I wonder how hard it is to build a synthesizer out of this. Like it's a pretty obvious, obvious case here. And 
So basically this is kind of borrowed off of a, a, a Moog Prodigy synth, except I made it polyphonic, so if there are any purists in the audience, I'm sorry. It's not intended to sound like a Moog Prodigy. It just uses kind of the voice architecture, you know, two oscillators, pretty standard routing. But all of these things are built um, using the Web Audio API to do all the heavy lifting. Like, I don't sit there and, you know, oscillate a signal back and forth. I just set up a node that does that. And then I can get things like filter effects pretty easily. So, I also mentioned other kind of input effects. And we have audio input in the Web Audio API as well. And now, I didn't bring along any other instruments other than a microphone, but this is actually more... Let's crank that down. This is more than just, just microphone input. In fact, one of the demos I usually do is I plug my electric guitar in and, and play through a few guitar effects. But you can, you can tell, 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 tell there's pretty, pretty basic effects. This is a little more complex flanging effect that I put together. So this actually modulates based on an audio rate signal. And my personal favorite, I think I'll just give the rest of the talk like this. Okay, maybe not. But I gave a talk about this at Google's I.O. conference a year ago, and I wrote this vocoder application that actually uses the Web Audio API to do vocoding. It sets up a 28-band analog vocoder. And we didn't actually have live input support at the time, but we added it shortly thereafter. And I literally, like, the developer sent me a build, and I was, I'd already gone home for the night, and I was in, in my kitchen helping my wife make dinner. And this mail came in, and it's like, here's your build. I'm like, yeah, can you make dinner? Because I'm going to be busy for a little while. And about 30 minutes later, I had live input control working here. I have to tell it that it's okay for me to use the microphone. And now, you should be able to hear my robot voice. And the really cool thing about this, by the way, is that it's hard to envision this without really digging into the code. But my code actually isn't doing the vocoding. Like, my JavaScript code isn't doing anything while this is playing other than doing the pretty visuals. Like, all of the heavy lifting of the audio stuff is actually being managed internally by the Web Audio API. I just set up this really complex graph that has like 400 nodes in it. That's a, you know, each band has a set of filters and a, the, a gain node that drives another set of filters on, an, on the carrier signal. And then I don't have to do anything. I just let it run, and the audio system takes care of it. Now, I did lie a little bit at the beginning because I said there was no plugins in this. There is one plugin because we also, you'll note I have a bunch of, of MIDI controllers on the desk here. And I'm actually the editor of a specification that's under development right now to add MIDI support directly into the web platform. So you could directly go to a web page and get patch updates for your MIDI, uh, your MIDI modeling amplifier or any other kind of instrument like that. Right now, we don't have it yet. We're working on it in Chrome. Love to have people help out by putting pressure on other browser manufacturers to understand MIDI is really critically important. Obviously, I'm a believer feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But we don't quite have it in Chrome yet, so I'm using a plug-in behind the scenes to kind of fake that, that support up. Once you have that, you can use any kind of, of, of MIDI controller and build the stuff in the Web Audio API. So I'll give a really brief demo of 
Now, I threw this together. Like, all of these are, are except for the drum machine, are my personal demos, so you have to forgive the, uh, the roughness of them. They're not intended to be finished products. But what I wrote here is a little uh, DJ application. Crank the, crank the volume down here a little bit. And it has the usual usual set of effects. I can also even scratch a little bit. I can play with my filters, of course, as well, and mess with other, other kinds of effects. So really the point that I'm trying to get across is we're adding all of these, these things to the web platform so we can build software directly into the web platform that lets you do really interesting music production effects. And with that, I can take questions, or there's tons of contact info for me there, and I'll be around. Oh, we're out of time. So. <laughs> cool, thank you. Some gorgeous ripple effects. All right, have we got Mark Glim here from Mark's Runner? All right, I'll go ahead and get started. My name is Mark Bloom. I created an app called Mark's Runner. It basically triggers sound through audio. This is not it. This is a demo that I'm premiering here today. It's a prototype that allows you to remix your favorite songs on the fly with a simple hit of a button. It stems from the original idea of my Mark's Runner app. Like I said, it triggers sound through audio. My number one reason for this is I wanted to recapture lost sales in the music industry that I feel like have been lost through Pandora and Spotify. I'm a huge fan of Pandora and Spotify. They're pressing an envelope of technology, and I, by any means, I do not want to take away from their capabilities, but I think I have something here that'll answer a lot of unanswered questions that were asked this morning on how to uh, expand both music and technology. Actions speak louder than words, so I'll go ahead and just get started here and show you a demonstration. This is uh, a remix app that you can use for your smartphone. This is a prototype, so I do have it on my laptop, but just envision that this will be a touchpad screen that you can simply tap the button here. I, I built this basically for the artist, Psy. He's got the number one rated industry song on YouTube. I think it has over like one billion views on YouTube alone. And if you could imagine, that's just one song. If you take 10% of that, that's 100 million. And I'm going to remix his song here in the rock genre. Again, this is a prototype. So let's just take a listen here. Okay. Let's just listen to it for a minute. Gangnam Every time you hit the remix button, it'll change the set of instruments behind the vocal stand or the acapella. You can stop it completely. Star. 
So every time I hit the remix button, basically how I designed it is that it'll interchange the instrumentation behind the vocal acapella. So you have breakdown of uh, vocal instruments of percussion, which is drums, and a lead instrument and sound effects, and then the vocal stem. If you keep the same BPM, which is the beat per minute, and the time signature and the same key, you can interchange theoretically any sound that you want behind the vocal stem to remix it. Again, this is just a rock genre. Uh, how I wanted to pitch this to the music industry to recapture sales was to basically release an album through the app. You purchase it at normal cost for the music industry. I don't want to take any mu music creativity away from the recording artist or from the producer. So you will get the original album, but it, and you'll get the remix app for free. You'll be able to do three, five, ten free remixes, whatever's feasible, for free. And then after that, you'll be able to do 99-cent in-app purchases to unlock more sounds, more music genres by hitting buy now. And you can change the song. Originally, you'll only be able to remix the number one hit single off of the album for free. And if you'd like to do other songs, maybe track 10 versus track 3 is your favorite song, you know, you'll be able to you know, download, hit 99-cents, and then be able to unlock that song and remix that song. And what this does, or what I think is really powerful about this, is you'll be able to, as a, as a consumer, as a fan, have interactive playback and creative control over your favorite song. People love sharing their music. I love sharing my music on Facebook and Twitter. I love sharing songs from Pandora and from Spotify through Facebook and Twitter. And what this will do is you'll be able to remix your favorite song in any music genre that you want with the simple hit of a button on Facebook or Twitter. And I think that's something that's really powerful. And just to show other things that you can do with it, you know, once you start playing the song, you can record it and then share it as a show here through Facebook, Twitter. You can even do it through YouTube. Um, when you hit remix... You can, you can mute certain uh, subcategories. So, bring them back. So you literally have creative control while it's playing. Matchups. Matchups. Um, no, not with this app, actually. This is just for one, one hit single off of the album. Like You can do in-app purchases to unlock a new song from the album that you're, you're trying to remix. Cool, thanks. Yep. We're about out of time. So All right, perfect. awesome. Thank you. I love the Gangnam Style. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Can you do the dance? No. Nah. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Yeah, it costs money. <laughs> We've had a request. <laughs> All right, so next up is the Startup Innovator Showcase. Yeah, get started. Thanks for having us. So we're going to do a bit of an interactive. We'll move through it pretty quickly. So if everyone who wants to participate, if you can take out your cell phone and go to your web address on your browser and type in flick.it, F-L-I-Q-Q.it, like flick it. And just keep that open for the time being. So we've always believed that the best interactions are happen face-to-face, um, -face, and they're done in groups. Um, but lots of times, there's no easy way to connect with people or to share content with them. For instance, 
I actually want to take, I'm going to have Matt here, my co-founder, take a picture of you guys. I think you just took it because you guys are looking really good. And there's really no easy way for me to share that, for us to share that picture with you guys. I could get everyone's phone number, everyone's email address, but it's not very convenient. So how can I share this photo with everyone? Well, if, if you still have that thing open, I'm going to have Matt flick it to everyone, and people should have gotten it on their phones. So, and then once you get the photo, if you, you can actually click on the, on, the, on the follow button on the top left-hand corner, and you'll be able to connect with us either on Twitter and in, or Instagram. So it's actually a really easy way. You know, let's say you go to a dinner party with 40 other people, and you take a group picture and you want to share with everyone. You don't need their phone numbers or anything. You can just take a picture, flick it, and it shares it on everyone's phone synchronously, and then it's a great way to connect. The other thing we can do is, is share videos. Um, and then for artists and musicians for live events, you can imagine someone like Questlove going on stage, taking a picture of the crowd, and flicking it, the picture, sending it to everyone's phone in the audience. And once they get the phone, they can connect uh, with Questlove. The one thing I just realized that I forgot to do, when you go to a flick.it page, I, I apologize, you have to put in a code. So if you go back to that flick.it page, put in the code 123456, and just keep that open for a second, and then click OK and instructions, and Matt's going to take another picture. <laughs> and now he's going to share that picture with everyone. So forgot about that one little important step to form the group. In the future, we're, we're working on technology that makes it easier for you to uh, sync the phones without that group formation. You'll, you'll just hold down the button and uh, sync the phone. Thank I hope you. it's a good photo. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We should have said this before. I'm Nancy. This is a Startup Innovators Showcase. So there are two-minute presentations, just quick pitches. And so we've got maybe six or seven of them, very cool new startups that want to share their story. So here we go. So every decision that we make in this world is triggered by an emotion. When it comes to music, what we choose to listen to is often based on how we feel, how we want to feel, or by what we're doing. So there are a handful of mood and activity-based music discovery apps out there that try to categorize our human experience into neat little buckets, like musical genre or exhaustive text-based categories of moods. We believe that emotions transcend genre, and the best way to communicate emotion is through imagery. So I'm here today to introduce you to MoodSnap, the first image-based music discovery app that makes choosing music as easy as knowing how you feel. And in this way, it's truly effortless. Users simply look at a selection of photographs, such as a young couple in love in a park on a sunny day, or being in a coffee shop, working in the window with rain coming down the window. And you just tap a photo that you relate to, and it instantly curates a crowdsourced, dynamic playlist of songs that other users have assigned to that photo. So MoodSnap is for people who want a simple, intuitive, and more human connective device for discovering music that's personally relevant and really, really fun. You know, we all know the saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. Words. We're here to prove that a picture is also worth a thousand songs. So thank you very much. I'll be around to uh, talk and take any questions afterwards. Thank you.
Love that idea. Very romantic. <laughs> Hi, my name's Olu from Doubler. And basically, today, you know, social media is dominated by text, photos, and some videos. But we don't really use the primary method of communication we've been using since the beginning of time. We don't use our voice. So basically what we've done is we've built Doubler, which is a tool to transform communication and sharing with a simple and contagious way to bring voice back to social media. Uh, with our app, you can record 60 seconds of audio, add a filter, add a photo, and share it with the Doubler community, or you can share with your network of choice, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and everything else to come in the future. Um, and basically what you can do with it is you can do whatever you want. I mean, people have been very creative in the app so far. Uh, you can tell a joke, sing a song, tease a new single, tease a new TV show, play games, small chatting with, with small groups of people. Basically, every moment of your life is doubleable. Creating dubs is only limited by your imagination. So download the app, check it out, and let me know what you think. I'll be around today for any questions. Love to see how that could be applied to news. Hey everyone, my name is Tracy Chan. I'm the founder of Crowd Album. Quick show of hands, who's been to a show recently? Good, captive audience, love it. So basically, when you go to a show, what's everyone doing? They're doing this, right? Taking pictures. The problem is, is you'll never see those pictures because A, you have no idea who those people are, and B, really we know hashtag searching really doesn't work. So we created Crowd Album, which basically finds all of the public videos taken videos and photos taken at shows um, across Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, Vine, and a number of other sources, and pulls them all into a single gallery um, that's easily shareable for artists. What's cool um, about CrowdAlbum, especially for artist management teams and event organizers, is not only can you discover this con- all this great content, which we have over millions of pictures indexed in the last few months, um, you can identify who is actually creating this content. Because if you think about it, these people are your real viral marketers. They spent time and money to go to your show, they created content about you, and then they spread this content across your network, across their networks. And so by using CrowdAlbum, not only can you identify who these people are and connect with them, you can actually convert more of your fans into these viral marketers. Um, right now we're in private alpha. Um, we're working with everyone from... Um, Jurassic 5 to the Bottle Rock Festival to Macklemore, who actually has Crowd, um, out, Crowd Album embedded on his site. So if you're interested, um, take a look at crowdalbum.com um, and you can reach me. My name's Tracy, T R A C Y, at crowdalbum.com, um, and we can get you set up in the alpha. Thanks. My name is Dennis Olet. My company is Wimbo Music, and uh, one night I was doing what I've been doing since I'm 10 years old. And that is putting on my favorite songs. Started with vinyl, now it's iPod. And uh, started playing music over it. And I decided right then and there that um, I didn't want to play over the music anymore. I wanted to be able to play with the music. And that was my aha moment. And when this turns on, it'll be my next aha moment. And so anyhow, bottom line is I realized that playing alone really sucks. And I wanted to be able to play with other people. So we've created an app that is available right now on the iPhone called Wimbo Music that allows you to control each of the instruments and vocals that make up your favorite songs. And I've got a demo here that uh, I'd love to show you. An app because playing alone really sucks. And to be able to create backing tracks and so forth uh, is a very complicated type of 
situation. Um, not only is it complicated to be able to create backing tracks, but to be able to buy your favorite songs in a format that you can actually control the instruments is virtually not out there. So, Wimbo Music puts the band in your hand. With the easy to use Wimbo Mixer, you can now solo Adjust volume on any of the instruments or vocals that make up your favorite songs. We launched about two weeks ago with uh, just one free blues song. We have about 800 users in 10 different countries and we're getting ready to launch with songs that you'll be able to purchase. Our catalog of songs is coming from a couple places. We have sourced uh, some of the best studios in the country that when we, read, when we do covers of the songs, we're using the same instruments, the same microphones, the same recording equipment that was used by those bands, original bands, when they made their songs. So most of it is covers. We have some indie bands that are going to be giving us some of their songs on the original work. And um, we have agreements right now with Sony, Universal, EMI, the big publishing houses, to be able to reproduce this music. Awesome. We're about out of time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. So my name is Francisco Vico. I'm representing the company Malomics. I'm going to talk about content generation with computers, so com computer composers that are reaching now the professional, human level. This company is concerned with genetic algorithms, so uh, sort of artificial life techniques that can give this sort of quality. We are talking about computers that last year were presented where they were able to generate the first set of scores of contemporary classical music that were recorded by premier, uh, I mean, recorded and premiered by professional uh, musicians like the London Symphony Orchestra, and it was widely covered in the literature. Actually, it was selected uh, among the 100 top stories of last year by Discovery Magazine. So these computers actually have learned to compose music. It's, it is not the typical story of copying human style. You know, it is not feeding tons of MIDI files and getting the, statistic, the statistics out of that and then generating the same style. It is the computer generating its own style. So with these computers, what we can do is new albums, of course, but also tons of music. You know, when computers learn to do something, they do it quite well. They do it in a very, very fast way. So with this, we have generated, this is the goal for this year, one billion songs of most uh, essential genres. You know? Well, what you have seen here is the browser that we designed. Um, what we're trying to do is that in the future we could have a revolution similar to what happened in photography. Actually, uh, almost anybody without any technological knowledge about photography can be a great photographer, can, can be at the right place and the right time with the right camera and make that wonderful picture. In fact, we could say that Flickr is now the most prolific and probably the better uh, uh, photographer in the world. You know? Well, how it could be if, pe if people could, without any knowledge, generate professional music? I'm not talking about you know, the typical electronic stuff, but about all, how many, about all genres. 
and about professional uh, quality. Okay, if you want to have a, a glimpse of what is the, the kind of music I'm talking about, you have an application, you only have to go to the Google Play Store and download Melomics, where here you will find real uh, music made by computers. Orten? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, malamis.com is the place, and you will see something like this, just that, okay? There you can search, you can buy music, and you will be transferred with all the rights and the of authorship. So it is a completely new model for music. Instead of buying a copy, instead of buying the right to do this or that, you are basically the author of the music. And you can download this music in MP3 file, MIDI, and PDF, and XML. So the score, stuff that you can edit, and also Audible. Thank you. Thank you. Malomics.com. Have we got any um, other startups? Or? Hi, I'm Josh. I'm presenting soundkeep.com. Soundkeep is an open source music community that's patterned after the ideas of the free and open source software movement. Right now, if you're an electronic musician, you basically can't sell any of your work because it's derivative work that's based off of other work that's copyrighted, and the licensing could cost you tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for an album. So what Soundkeep aims to do is create the largest library of license-free song stems, samples, and tracks on the web. Basically, if you're an electronic musician, you make, you make a, a drum track, a synth line, a, a bass line, whatever, you can come to Soundkeep and upload your track, tag it, it goes into the global repository that anybody can come and then source those files. You're releasing it through Creative Commons, basically. Typically, you wouldn't release your final cut of your entire song, but you, the, the pieces you know, that you might be willing to share with other people and by creating a large library of high-quality, license-free content, we can enable musicians to be able to uh, be much more expressive uh, in the way that they create without infringing a copyright law. Uh, we also believe that, as Chris Wilson showed earlier with his web-based synthesizer, that the future of digital audio workstations is in the browser. And this is our kind of version of, this is the SoundKeep synthesizer. We wanted to make it super easy for musicians to come to the site, create content, and share it with other people. So you can come to the site and immediately... You've got access to, you know... Uh, this is kind of patterned after the mini Moog, but... You know, you've got all kinds of features that you can play with, get your own unique sound. If you don't know what these knobs are or don't care... I understand. I didn't either at one point before I tried to build this thing. But uh, we're not only open sourcing people's audio, but you can come here, create your own unique sound, save it, and then it becomes into the library that other people can use. So you can, there's all kinds of different ones. And then you can even come in here and you can record... Recorded a loop into the into the site, and if you like it, you can start stacking those loops like a drum pedal. Then you can name it, share it, and now you've open sourced your first project. With your help, uh, we'd like to build the largest library online. Thanks. Cool. Thank you.
SF Music Tech just got our own first open source recording. I like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, stick around, guys, because we got coming up music technology and health next with bassist, Firebeats, and more. And thanks for having me.